It is another edition of the Channel Partners Podcast, Coffee with Craig and Kevin. I am Channel Partners Executive Editor Craig Galbraith. Alongside me, as always, the man who actually played the Gophers in Caddyshack, our business development lead, Mr. Kevin Morris. Kevin, how are you? Wow. I definitely inspired the Gopher dance at the end, uh, that's for sure. Speaking of dancing, uh, what the heck is with this musical intro, Craig? That's 38 Special, my friend, and this is our very special 38th podcast. As they would say, Craig, Indeed, it's true. So uh, I would say it's an appropriate intro. You shocked me with it. Oh, you can't really go wrong with 38 Special. But you know, it's also appropriate for this podcast because it's really cheesy 80s music, which we both love. (laughs) Yes, indeed. But there's nothing cheesy about this edition of the podcast, my friend. At least once we get to our first guest, which will happen soon enough. Just maybe not soon enough for our listeners. So, Kevin, why don't you first tell me what you've been doing now that Channel Partners Conference and Expo is in the rearview mirror. I know you're still swamped. You must have a little more time to yourself. I understand you've actually been working to get yourself in some better shape. And you know what that means, Kevin. It's time for another Coffee with Craig and Kevin Personal Deep Dive. You know, Craig, I I really have. I didn't know you were going to bring it up for our entire audience to hear uh, and talk about my fatness. But, um, you know, (laughs) since the show and and feeling a little exhausted, like we talked about on the last podcast after Vegas, I've really tried to make it a point to try to get in between, you know, 17,000 to 20,000 steps a day doing some jogging and things like that. Not really hitting the gym per se, because, you know, we're we're hard at work the majority of the day, but doing some push-ups and crunches and, and things like that, maybe even some lunges. To really just try to get back in shape, I, I've got some growing kids that I want to keep up with as they get older and keep challenging in sports and, and hopefully never let them beat me. But, uh, of course, eventually that day will come. So, What do you mean that day will come? Didn't that happen like three years ago? Yeah, Craig. You know, Jason, three years ago when he was 10, was dunking on me on the basketball court. Uh, no. In all actuality, I'm still staying ahead of the kids on the sports front. They're much smarter than I am already, of course. Uh, so I have to do what I can to keep blocking them and, and you know, while I'm three feet taller and, and letting them know who's the boss. You know, in addition to that, uh, just uh, following up with a lot of our happy exhibitors from Channel Partners Las Vegas and talking about future presence and, and really getting geared up for a lot of the big changes that I'm sure we'll be talking about throughout the next few months at Channel Partners Evolution. A lot coming on the forefront there. What have you been up to, Craig? I'm hearing that you've been doing some more exercise as well. Yeah, I've been trying to, uh, Kevin. Most recently, the three of us went hiking uh, this past weekend, doing some walking around the neighborhood. Uh, It really feels good to get yourself in a little better shape. So what you're telling me is, Craig, that you, the wife, Melissa, and the dog, Frank, have been uh, hitting some good trails. I was thinking Frank was starting to get a little too old, in addition to yourself, for that much exercise. Oh, uh, no, not Frank. Yeah, he's almost 13, and he's really never been much of a hiker. It's Melissa Digi and me. What, what, what? Digi? He goes hiking with you? Yeah, what's the problem? He's not just the digital services robot mascot for this show. He's also a friend. That's unbelievable, Craig. Just absolutely ridiculous that you and Digi are spending time outside of the office now. Um, He's already trying to take my spot, and you're just appeasing him left and right. His legs are so short, I don't even see how he goes hiking. I mean, there's no digital services involved in hiking, is there? Yeah, anyway, so Digi really wants me to take him to Solo, a Star Wars movie, since his cousin R2 is in it. You've probably heard the similarity in their voices. (laughs) 
Yes, Craig, I have, and I've alluded to it several times. I told him with all of his artificial intelligence, he could probably just hack something and see it for free. But then I decided that's probably not a good idea. He doesn't eat popcorn, though, so he's a cheap date anyway. Well, at least all this talk from Digi is probably going to get us some poor feedback from our audience because nobody cares. Yeah, I'm just going to keep ignoring you, Kevin, and move on. We all know that everyone loves Digi. You know, Kevin, I love the Channel Partners Conference and Expo, but we put that in our rearview mirror for another year here a couple of weeks ago on the podcast. Can you believe it? Registration is now open for Channel Partners Evolution. That's right, Craig. It just went live this week, um, as well as the agenda in its initial form. You can check out what we've got so far at ChannelPartnersEvolution.com. It's all about life, liberty, and the pursuit of profit this fall in Philadelphia. And Craig, joking aside about Digi, we are going to have a whole ton to talk about in terms of our evolution and our transformation and what we're doing to support the digital transformation here at Channel Partners Evolution in Philadelphia this fall. Yeah, it's October 9th through the 12th. We're expecting more than 3,000 channel experts. That ranges from partners to providers and more at our appropriately named event because... It truly is evolving. It sure is, Craig. We interrupt your regularly scheduled programming with a CWCK breaking news alert. Kevin, the world is in an uproar. Is it Yanni or is it Laurel? No one can seem to agree. Laurel, Laurel, Laurel. Craig, clearly, clearly it is Yanni. I'm with you on that one, buddy. It's Yanni all the way. But you know what I just found out? What's that, Craig? Your buddy Digi says it's Laurel, and he has artificial intelligence. So we're wrong again, my friend. Well, of course he says it's Laurel. Digi! This has been a CWCK breaking news alert. Now back to your show. We're going to be seeing a lot more IT-focused channel partners at the event, primarily MSPs. Channel Futures is going to be hosting their inaugural MSP 501 awards dinner and reception. They're going to be bringing in hundreds of MSPs to the event for that reception and to partake in the event as a whole. We're going to have education tracks dedicated to the event. There's rumors of a cybersecurity summit happening at our pre-conference that's going to be dedicated to MSPs. So really going to be, you know, in addition to our standard telecommunications and IT audience that that we've seen over the past few years at our shows, we're going to be seeing a lot more MSPs, IT consultancies, and VARs at the show this year. I'm really looking forward to seeing these new faces. And that is a great segue into our first guest, Kevin, a man whose company has been working with MSPs for the past 10 years. Please welcome the founder and CEO of BitTitan, Mr. Jimin Yip. Jimin, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks a lot for having me on the show. You know, before we get into it, uh, Jimin, I got to tell you, Kevin was a little concerned before we got started when I told him you were on the show. He got a little confused because he has a bunch of federal warrants out for his arrest, so... When he heard there was a G man coming on, yes, definitely, I get, I get that a lot. G, G is not for government. <laughs> that joke was not original. I'm so shocked. <laughs> you know, you try to rig one lottery, Craig, and they're after you all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so, first, in all seriousness, Jimin, congrats on being named one of our channel influencers 
for 2018. You were nominated in part for spending the past 10 plus years helping MSPs to be successful in the cloud. So uh, what did you think when you got the news that you were one of our channel influencers? I was just very shocked, you know, and, and excited at the same time. I mean, I, I really appreciate Nicole for, for nominating me as a part of this. Um, you know, the last 10 years has been amazing. Never really thought about being an influencer at all and and really just helping people solve problems. And, and it takes a massive amount of teams, not just myself, um, in, in trying to pioneer the space of the cloud and, and having it where it goes today and, and seeing where it is in the future. You know, Jimin, uh, I found this story fascinating. Uh, did you really start BitTitan from your Seattle basement? And tell us how BitTitan came to be and what you've accomplished over the past decade. Absolutely. You know, I always start, I always start this story telling people that, you know, in Seattle, we can't start in our garage because it's, it's always too, it's just too damn cold in, in Seattle. So you have to start it from your basements. Uh, <laughs> and BitTitan was, was started way early for its time on, on something completely different. It was actually around cloud storage and, and accessibility of data and, and, and aggregation of apps uh, to access that data in the cloud, which is how the name BitTitan came to be we were supposed to be the titan of your digital bits and then realized that it was you know just way too early for its time and after several years pivoted the company to really ride this this cloud wave um for for businesses when microsoft came out with bpos and came out with our first solution called migration Wiz. And that was the amazing email migration uh, solution at that time, pioneering everything and, and continue to be at the forefront when you think about helping MSPs be successful. Constantly seeing where the market was going, MSPs were helping organizations adopt email, and then it, it became a productivity play with storing files and collaboration, and we transformed ourselves into a workload migration solution, and then Microsoft introduced devices to connect um, you know, mobile devices and, and Outlook as a service. And then we transformed ourselves becoming a deployment company, solving the last mile and over time reaching to where we are today, which is, you know, MSP complete being an IT services delivery platform. And, and I can tell you, you know, going through 11 years, you, you get some of the highest highs, you get some of the lowest lows. And, uh, you know, I, I, if I could do it again, I, I definitely would do it again. You know, Kevin, I finally figured out why I'm not so innovative is because we don't have a lot of basements here in Arizona. The uh, ground's too hard. <laughs> Isn't it cooler underground than it is above ground in Arizona? Uh, yes, it certainly is. You're just not an innovator. Let's just be honest. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I would never pretend to be. That's that's for certain. So, Jimin, go into MSP Complete a little bit. You kind of took us through the evolution, uh, but tell us about the success you've had with that. Yeah, MSP Complete has been amazing. You know, when I look when I look back five years ago, you know, we recognized that MSPs would have a problem. When we think about the cloud, right, we're in the space of cloud enablement. The whole uh, paradigm of, of cloud being easy was was really not what it was it's meant to be for business was being adopted. Since there are some things that were easier and there's some things they're a lot more challenging. And, and really to fully realize cloud, you really require a lot of tools and integration. And it's quite complicated with the large scale amount of cloud applications that are available. And five years ago, we realized that people would be buying 
best of breed and these challenges would exist, but we really didn't think MSPs would understand these future challenges yet, um, which is why we kind of held off until, you know, years ago when we began development of this thing, when we thought the market was ready, in which we thought really every one of our premonitions came to fruition, right? When you think about all these things I talked about, people are buying best of breed. So you have all of these SaaS applications. How do you integrate them together? How do you deploy them? Leveraging tools and, and different skill sets. And when you have more tools and people, it just becomes a very hard problem. You know, I equate it to like the Olympics. It's like having a 50 person baton team that you got to constantly hand that baton between people and systems with. And really that's what MSP Complete is about. It's about orchestrating this in a very smooth dance so that you can get cloud deployed and managed across different people and systems. Jimin, that sounds like quite the solution for MSPs. And, you know, in addition to helping them with their technical side, uh, you're on a mission to help MSP leadership become better business people as well. Uh, could you tell our audience a little more about that? Absolutely. You know, when I when I think about where we are today, right, I mean, there's there's a bunch of things I think about the state today at, right? You've got MSPs, which are highly technical. They come from a highly technical background, just like myself. And then you kind of stumble upon a business because you, you wanted to deliver value that you saw a need for. How do you get that technical acumen um, around it uh, so that you can focus on, again, the solutions, right? When you think about businesses, you're thinking about solving problems, and then the implementation is a byproduct of that. And really what we're trying to do is not only help educate the market of kind of where the cloud's going, but really what solutions businesses need in today's today's cloud-first world. And And the thing that reminds me the most is kind of where, you know, this is kind of a repeat of I, I think eight years ago where, where people don't really think about it. When you think about, you know, in the early 2000s and you, you think about the world of the application service providers, I don't know if you guys remember that, but you know, this is basically a repeat of that. There's gonna be a lot of consolidation. There's gonna be a lot of innovation and the people that are, are first to this uh, were highly successful because they, they were a part of that transformation. They were a part of that innovation and they were part of the definition of what it meant to be at that time. And we're really going through that same period right now with MSPs in the cloud. Jimin, my understanding is that automation is one of the trends that you've been keeping your eye on. Now, Digi, our digital services robot mascot, hasn't quite taken Kevin's job, at least yet. So Kevin wants to know what we can do to help him avoid the podcast unemployment line. Please, Jimin, please. <laughs> I don't, I don't think Kevin has anything to worry about. Um, you know, I, I think we need to really embrace automation. And, and really, I look at it as, as this way, right? I mean, Kevin, what things, where is your career? Where do you want to grow? When you think about, you know, we talked about innovation. We talked about things that you want to do. And, and really, automation is about, about helping you save time. So, you know, when I think about your growth of where you want to be in the next five years, you can leverage automation to take off all the things that are on your plate that are kind of menial or, or things that you just think are unchallenging so that you can focus 
on what the I would consider Kevin too old to be. I like that, Gman. I like I like that a lot. My first goal would be to get a better co-host, but <laughs> <laughs> we can we can automate that. That's more I like, like a that. pipe dream than a goal. <laughs> I don't know if there is one out there, Craig. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think I think Google just came out with something that that is the the Craig tool. <laughs> <laughs> I like. Everybody, we better check that. that out. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jimin, thank you so much for your time today, especially for the tips on uh, saving Kevin's job. I know that he really appreciates it. And uh, again, congratulations on being one of our inaugural channel influencers for 2018. Really great to have you on the show, and good luck to BitTight in the rest of the year. Thanks a lot. Great to be here. Jimin, thanks so much. And some great stuff there from Jim and Kevin. I wanted to expand a little bit more about our Channel Influencers program in case people aren't that familiar with it. This was the first year for it. We highlighted not only eight channel people such as Gmin to watch, and not including our Channel Influencer of the Year who was Microsoft's Gabriella Schuster who made it nine, but also eight channel trends, eight technologies, and 25 channel organizations to watch. If you haven't read our digital issue, you can find it on channelpartnersonline.com. Just look for Digital Issues under the Resources tab. We're also featuring each of the influencers in a profile article online. And as you can see, getting some of them here on Coffee with Craig and Kevin as well. Craig, I'm so glad we started doing that this year and honoring these influencers in terms of people, text, trends, and things like that within the channel because I think... Those that aren't too familiar with the channel are, are starting to pay attention. As Forrester again has told us, you know, 75% of all B2B sales are now being sold indirectly. So that's the channel. And these are the leaders in, in all facets. And I, I think, you know, learning how they're doing things in terms of what the people that are influences are doing and then learning what trends in tech to follow to stay ahead of the game for partners is also equally as important. By the way, Craig, was all this Digi's idea? No, Kevin. I think Digi processed a lot of the information, but it wasn't his idea originally. Phew, because I really just celebrated that idea. Digi, however, just was named a podcast influencer of the year. You and I didn't make the list, unfortunately, which is probably no surprise. Yeah, of course it's no surprise, Craig, because uh, he's all you ever talk about. <laughs> Speaking of ideas, Kevin, one really good idea for a partner business is to be a good marketer. After all, there's the all-important sales aspect, which a lot of partners in our audience are very good at. But good marketing can make you that much more successful. You know, Craig, that's absolutely correct. And it does segue well into our next guest because Gmin had also talked a little bit about it in helping MSPs become better business people. Well, that's exactly what this next guest is going to do. So without further ado, let's welcome in Derek Brown. Derek is the CEO with Pronto Marketing. Derek, how are you doing today, sir? Very well, thanks. Thanks for having me in. Thank you so much for joining. Uh, to kick things off with the audience here, Derek, uh, could you please tell everyone a little about your extensive background and what Pronto Marketing is all about? Sure, I'd be happy to. Um, maybe starting a little bit in the middle of my background, but I come with a lot of channel and technology channel experience at I worked at TechData before as a sales director, and then I was at Microsoft for about 13 years, which included a period of time in the mobile group around Pocket PC. I did a lot of work with community and public relations and things with that. And then I had a period of time where I was responsible for Windows Small Business Server. I was director of product management. And that was actually the opportunity where I got out and spent a lot of time with 
our partners and with the channel, partner advisory councils, speaking at the Worldwide Partner Conference, doing user group tours around the around the country and even across in Australia and in Europe. And, you know, got to know a lot of great channel partners and got to know their pain points, which were specifically around um, marketing oftentimes. So when I was ready to take a break from Microsoft and do something else, um, running a business is kind of in my bones. I started thinking about opportunities and I really knew the marketing challenges that a lot of my friends who were MSPs had and decided to start Pronto with a specific focus on MSPs and what we called manage, you know, managed services for marketing. It was really about, you know, helping them with the pain points around getting their marketing going and particularly around execution. Uh, it's one of the things that I found that, okay, I know what I should do, but I don't have the time to even do it. So we built from the beginning, originally just around websites, that we would take care of the websites, we would host them, we would update them, we would write, we would do everything, we would post blog articles um, as an, an ongoing service as opposed to something that was just delivered once and now it's your problem to keep it updated and keep it going. Today we have probably 800 plus MSPs who work with us been a kind of a great journey. That is great, Derek. Now, I don't know how well you know Kevin, but this is a guy who stays up late at night reading tech research reports. <laughs> lovely, lovely. <laughs> I bring this up because uh, he turned me on to Datto's recent State of the MSP report, and we like it because Channel Partners and Channel Futures both get their names dropped in the report as top sites for MSPs to take a look at. But uh, I understand you have read it as well, and you noticed a decade-old coincidence when going through the pain points that some MSPs are currently experiencing. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah, it's kind of, you know, over just about a decade. When we first were starting Pronto, I started with my son, Corey, and we did a survey of MSPs at that time, asking them what were their business challenges, very similar to one of the, or some of the data in the, in the report. And in the report that you referenced, the data report, 53% say marketing is their biggest challenge. And understanding technology, you know, changing technology landscape, for instance, is 17%. Or something so you know it's very typical that you know MSPs you know they're like any small business whether it be a baker or their technology or an attorney they're good at whatever their core thing is and then outside of that there are certain kinds of challenges and I think marketing in particular is a, a challenge because you not only need to understand it and it's a fast-changing landscape just like technology but it has a lot of execution and moving parts in it that need to be taken care of to do right. So it's even if you understand it, there still is an element of executing and getting things done and keeping up with it. Um, so, you know, that just hasn't changed. Small business owners are busy. Customers need attention. Your business needs attention and marketing often doesn't give it. That hasn't changed in a decade. So, Derek, it seems like, you know, you're allowing these MSPs to focus on what they're good at, which are the, you know, the technical needs of their end user customers, while you focus on what you're good at, which is marketing for small to medium sized businesses and MSPs. So, I mean, that's just a great relationship. And, and I was just wondering if you could dive a little deeper into the different services available from Pronto Marketing for the MSPs to take advantage of to begin alleviating some of these pain points that you alluded to. Sure. And, you know, if you think about it, our value proposition's exactly the same as the MSP's value proposition, which is this is a critical aspect of your business, you know, IT, 
if it fails, your business can potentially fail and it's very costly. And you're not an IT expert. You're an attorney or a doctor or a baker or something else. And that's exactly the value proposition of Pronto, that you have better things to focus on. And also, if you kind of look in the research, you know, a little bit more, and again, I think you guys probably know this well, like the size of MSPs, our typical customer might be five to 20 or so employees. So they, they don't have, they don't have a marketing staff at that point in time. And maybe if somebody's really bigger and you look at these larger ones who have hundreds and hundreds of clients, you know, they begin to get that kind of internal specialization. So we're targeting uh, companies and we do, you know, hundreds of non-MSPs, but our, definitely our bread and butter is MSP. We're targeting companies who have either no marketing department or a part-time or some sort of person who's doing other responsibilities, maybe sales responsibilities, so that we can become an extension of the team. And we focus on a, a few things. One is, you know, websites are at the core and we have a whole range of marketing services that we do, but we always like to layer those on top of the website because it becomes a kind of glue that holds things together. So if you're going to invest in something like AdWords, you want to make sure you have the right landing pages, you have ebooks for people to download, you have a way you're capturing the leads, you have your analytics set up. So you're not just throwing your money in this direction and not really optimizing the sales funnel. But we always start with a website. From there, we kind of layer on a number of different sorts of, of services, you know, starting with things like monthly newsletters going out. So there's a, a regular touch point to clients. There's custom blogging going. There's ebooks. There's social media. So we have some basic things. We start there. We can move on and have packages that include retargeting all the way up to AdWords link building, SEO services. So we try to put these together both in packages that kind of have natural steps that people can afford, but also that the pieces are, are working together. So if you're going to be, look, we'll get an example, people that want to know about SEO a lot, and there's different components to SEO. There's this on-site elements like content, and there's off-site like inbound links, and we always do those in tandem. So we're not over-investing in one or the other. So full range of services now for marketing services on top of that website. And in fact, you guys actually have a reseller program, if I'm not mistaken, where partners can build a recurring revenue stream. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. And that's actually what got us into doing non-MSP uh, clients in the beginning. It was our MSP saying, hey, we love your service. It's great. We would like to recommend you to, you know, to our clients. Even now, you know, we, MSPs maybe have dabbled a little bit in managing websites, but again, it's not their core competency, even though it's a, in theory, sort of a technology thing, but it's marketing. So what we do is if uh, MSPs, we have a couple levels, but once someone has referred a few clients to us, the MSP gets a percentage of the sign-up when somebody signs up and pays a startup fee, as well as a reoccurring revenue every month. And we take care of everything, you know, from there. And it's been great. I mean, some have, you know, put their sales teams on it um, and, you know, built a, an additional business. And it's not just the, you know, the recurring revenue is great, but it's also just a deeper relationship with their client. And so, Derek, from this reseller program, what would be the primary, you know, markets that these MSPs should focus on with these end user businesses? I'm assuming it's small to medium sized business that you're, is your wheelhouse. Yes. But are there any verticals that you see conversations a little easier than with others? It's pretty broad. You would find us do, with it, with them matching up to a lot of the verticals that they're strong in, whether it's legal or uh, financial or medical. So we, you know, we take care of all those as well as e-commerce and some other things. So it's pretty broad, small business. Occasionally, there's something that's, 
say some uh, franchising groups, and there's some pretty deep sort of technologies around that that we don't, you know, we don't do, but it's not too, too often that. Excellent. And, and last but not least, Derek, we got to let all these partners know where they can find more information um, about Pronto and how to get in touch with your uh, marketing team. Uh, do you have a website for us, maybe an email address people could reach out to? So the website is uh, prontomarketing.com. You can go to prontomarketing.com slash MSP and get the specific MSP programs. And you can always drop us a mail at sales at prontomarketing.com. Derek, really great talking to you today. Thanks for the sure. time. We appreciate it. Okay, thanks, you guys. I appreciate it. Thanks so much, Derek. Wow, Craig, again, just phenomenal stuff uh, from our guest, Derek Brown, really helping hit these pain points that MSPs are experiencing in terms of a marketing perspective. I know that you were distracted when he twice brought up a bakery. Of course I was distracted. I mean, all I could think about were bagels and muffins. <laughs> also, I want you to know that I'm on to you. I see what you're doing here. Uh, what are you talking about, Craig? I see what you're doing with these guests. We've now had a couple of marketers on the show recently giving you tips, and Jimin helping you avoid the challenges of automation. This is all a play to keep your name on the marquee and keep Digi in the background. First of all, unlike what 38 Special had said earlier, indeed this is not true. Secondly, as Jimin had told us, we should all be embracing automation and and honestly, you know, my wife can tell you I really need it because when I go to the store, I forget 14 things on the list and usually it's everything but bacon. So, you know, I need to start embracing this automation and, and making things around me easier, such as communicating with you, um, dealing with you on a daily basis just in general. Uh, I, I could use some help there, Craig. I think you and I could really benefit from the IoT. We need to have chips planted in our brain, sensors, you know, and, and maybe that would straighten us out. Exactly. So when I actually had something intelligent to say on the podcast while I'm out on a run, I'll actually remember it and it would auto-pute it right into uh, the podcast itself. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening to our special 38th podcast. Thanks again to Jimin Yip of Bit Titan and Pronto Marketing's Derek Brown for joining us. And as always, you can download the archive, go to iTunes, type in Channel Partners Online, and you can find us on SoundCloud as well. Plus, our Twitter handle is at DigiRobot. That's D-I-G-I-R-O-B-O-T. Thanks for joining us, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Craig, Craig, wait. Yeah, yes, Kevin? Don't forget, we need another shameless plug for Channel Partners Revolution. October 9th through the 12th in Philadelphia. Not only will you be evolving, but we're evolving as well. Can't wait to tell you more about it. Digital.